what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan Jackson. With me is my brother in tech, Brian Jackson. Hello. Brian, how are you doing? I'm good, Alan. How are you? My, oh, I'm doing pretty good. My brother from the same mother. You doing, you doing well? Yeah. I mean, we are from the same. I mean, you're literally, right. It's, literally it's, are it's an, brothers. It's an yeah. accurate description. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, it's good. It's good to remind ourselves of that every time we we get together, right? Just to we do. To, to remember that this is uh, <laughs> this is where this came from. So we are actual yes. brothers. Yes, actual yeah. brothers. Uh, we are brothers in tech. This is our show where we get together and talk technology. We talk about different ways of using technology or understanding technology, especially as it relates to home or family use. And uh, every month we get together and talk about another aspect or topic of technology. And then we go into some deep dive episodes about that topic to get a little more specific about uh, tips, tricks, ideas, recommendations, and so forth. So we have been talking this month about home automation, the idea of using technology to make things more automatic in your house, make things more uh, automated, efficient, uh, you know, using technology to do things around your house and make your house safer, make it uh, um, uh, a better environment, whatever it may be. A lot yeah. of different ways to use it. Increase so. our increase our level of laziness, right? I mean, this is this is a good thing. There right? is some of you that know? too. Yeah, yeah. We don't Save actually have energy. a. We don't have a, a deep dive episode specifically related to how to become lazier, but I think you can probably pull ideas yeah, from all of these all episodes on how to do it. Yep. Um, yep. When we met last time, Brian, we talked about just the overall concept of home automation, kind of what can you do with technology these days in your home? Uh, what did we really mean when we're talking about home automation? Uh, what kind of things do you need uh, to make that happen? Yeah. What are you ultimately gaining from home automation? So we are, I think during that last episode, if I remember correctly, we talked about that there's maybe three types of automation that we want to kind of categorize things in. Uh, we're going to talk about the first one today, which is this idea of more convenience and efficiency. So using technology to uh, make things more automated, to make things yep. happen when you need them to happen, maybe to take the uh, something repetitive that you do and using a, a technology to kind of automate that or make it more automatic and efficient for you. So that's what we're going to get into. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's that, uh, if there's energy that you're having to spend on something, and especially if you're spending it, uh, often and repetitively, I think, I think there's a lot of really cool ways to, uh, to, to try to trim that down that, uh, that time and effort that's needed to, to continue to do those tasks. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about this one because this is, you know, you and I talked last time that neither one of us is fully into the automation scene. You know, we've, we've both right. kind of dabbled a little bit. Um, but I think that we're seeing the potential and the, and the opportunities uh, that are coming up. And in this particular one, you know, we could say this is the one that it's not, you know, it's certainly not going to be life threatening, you know, in terms of what you're actually trying to uh, trying to to make work here. But we're hoping that we can find some ways to save yourself a little bit of time, save yourself sure. some energy, 
potentially remind you of things that you tend to forget um, and may cause you some some hassles down the road. So, uh, yeah, so we're looking at convenience and efficiency. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about it from the standpoint of the whole way we do our show, which is, you know, if you're someone who is uh, uh, struggling with technology or trying to figure out how to use technology more in your home, you find yourself calling somebody else in your family to uh, kind of be your your default IT person. And we want to help you be a little more self-sufficient in the, in the technology world. Or maybe you are that person getting all the phone calls from other family members and you're just looking for a good uh, community or a place to share ideas and hear other people talk about things that you can then share with other members of your family. That's that's why we're here. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, so, Brian, I, 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 I'd say if I had to kind of guess, I would think that this idea of convenience and efficiency, using the idea of home automation to make things more uh, efficient it's probably what gets people into the idea of I want to do use home automation in my house. Like this is, this is kind of the, this is the drug that gets people attracted to it is this idea of, Oh, you mean I can actually have my home do this for me automatically without me having to do it manually every single time. And it's also probably one of the easiest, like expend, like co- less costly ways yep. to get into home automation yep. uh, just to kind of tiptoe in. Again, this is kind of where I am, where I've kind of gotten into some of these convenience factors, but uh, I haven't gone much deeper than than what we're going to describe today. But uh, that is the thing that got me interested in saying, how can I make my home a little more uh, autonomous you know, yeah. from this? So, it, so what you're saying is this: this is this is your perception of the gateway drug for home automation. Yeah. Right. It is. This is it this is. is the way to this is the way to get you in. Now, I would say, just funny as you mentioned that. Um, I would say most people that I talk to, and me being included here, they justify wanting to get into efficiency by trying to say that it's some other benefit, right? It's going to save me money. It's going to make my, uh, you know, make more security, right? Uh, there's going to be better uh, lighting that's going to to help, you know, not my house not getting broken into. So that's kind of our justifications for doing it. But really, when it comes down to it, we're looking, we're looking for convenience, right? We're looking for ways that. Uh, to make our life a little bit easier or to make it so that we're not having quite as many things to remember. So, uh, sure. but I, I agree with you. This is usually the first step and it's an easy step. Uh, you can, yeah. you can, ju- I mean, actually I would imagine most people do some form of this already, even if it's at a lower level, we talked about before the idea of um, your lights coming on, you know, when you walk past a motion sensor, that was kind of the entry point of having your lights do something where you didn't have to manually remember to do it. Um, mm-hmm. so it makes a trigger happen. So yeah, Alan, I was thinking, um, you know, if we look at convenience, there's kind of a, there's a lot of different ways that we could go with this. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. uh, types of convenience, but to me, the big ones, and you tell me if, if this jibes with what you're, uh, what you're imagining here, but lights seem to be a big one. Okay. And lighting yeah. seems to be kind of, the, I think lights are the thing that everybody sees and kind of thinks of when we talk about home automation, it's lights coming on and off uh, at certain times or being activated by, by something other than your hand reaching up and pulling the the cord or twisting the knob for the light. Right. Right. And it's, as we mentioned, it's, that's the one that's been around the longest as well. Mm -hmm. Lots of different ways. You talked about the little manual timer that you plug into the wall, plug your light in a lamp into it. It will turn off at a certain time because it keeps you from 
forgetting that that was on, right? You talked about Christmas lights. We've got the holidays coming up. Great example of how, hey, we we just didn't want to have to remember to turn it on and turn it off. And as you mentioned, walk around and turn every one of those window lights on. So so we'll talk about lights, I think, first. I think the other that's kind of that I find is really helpful is just the idea of, of getting things to turn on or do something at a particular time. And in the case I was thinking about was kind of how do we get things to activate themselves? How do we get things to turn on on their own so that we don't have to remember to do them? Right. So we'll talk yeah. about that. And then mm-hmm. I'm thinking the third one is probably maybe the simplest one that I think most of us use in some form or fashion, but having things notify us when we're supposed to do something, things that we typically yeah. forget to do, uh, and maybe having ways of automating that to, to remind us to do it, I think is another way of kind of increasing yeah. our efficiency. In those situations where the technology can't do it for you, it's still something you have to physically do, but you need something more automated to remind you to make yep. sure you yep. don't forget to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's good. I think that that covers all the main categories when we talk about if making things more efficient in your house. Yeah. So I think that's a good direction. Well, let's um, do that. So let's, yeah. yeah, let's talk lighting first then. Again, like you said, it's it's the easiest one to get into because I think everybody who thinks about uh, automating the lights in their house, there's normally a couple reasons. One, it's just convenient. It's just plain old, like, I don't want to have to walk around the house and turn on all the lights when it gets dark at night. And I don't want to have to remember to go turn them all back off when I go to bed or when it gets to be a certain hour because I don't want them left on all night. Real simple things that you know people yep. want to have done. That's normally a, the easiest route to say, let's get into home automation with that. Um, you mentioned motion sensing also. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's lights can be a on or off at certain times. You can have lights go on based on a, a voice or some other command mm-hmm. you use to turn them on. So you walk into a room and say, lights on. And the lights could come on. Um, But then the motion sensing, you know, there is technology behind that as well. But you may want to go a little deeper than than just a motion sensor to flip on a light bulb just for a few moments. You may say, look, the minute you see me walk past this light sensor, I want the light to go on and I want to stay on. And I also want these three other lights to come on. So it's triggering a a chain of things. So it's really this idea of uh, how do you. Yeah, you know, people think about it from a cost and saving standpoint. You don't have lights on all the time that you don't need to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is obviously a convenience of not having to physically go turn it on and off lights. So uh, the nice thing is all these devices are out there that will allow you to really mix and match how you control your lights in your house nowadays. Yeah. So, Brian, I mean, I know offhand I, I've, I've worked with kind of two, di- two different directions on this. One is the light bulbs themselves being smart light bulbs, meaning, yep. you know, you can get a light bulb that is plugs into a socket, just like a regular light bulb does. The difference is, is that it's also connecting to your wireless internet network and it is now controllable by an app controllable by your phone or possibly controllable by your voice. Right. And that's kind of the easiest route to take is, you just get the actual bulb and just replace them out, right? Yeah. So you're retrofitting, you're retrofitting whatever lamp or whatever kind of lighting setup that you have, right? We have a bunch of uh, can lights, recess lights throughout our house, and so I've been kind of progressively changing those bulbs out to be kind of uh, Wi-Fi connected bulbs, so that then I can set up certain scenes, you know, to say, you know, turn these lights on, and they that grouping kind of works together. Um, 
So, you know, I think that's, that is kind of the easiest way to start all you really need. Uh, for most of them, you'll need some form of kind of base hub, right? That ends up plugging into your, your, uh, your router to be able to get uh, internet signal. And then it's then recognizing when all of these bulbs pop up. However, there are a few of them now I know that, uh, that I've gotten recently that don't require that anymore, that yeah. all you need is an app and because it's automatically connecting to your Wi-Fi. So um, yeah. I do think that's that's the easiest way. Of course, they're more expensive than a normal, normal bulb. So if you're thinking about doing this, do realize that instead of a you know, spending, instead of spending $10 for three bulbs, you might be spending $30 for three bulbs or more. Or, right? or yeah, I was going to say $20 possibly on a bulb. If you want one that will change colors or can do different right. colors and right. different brightness. Um, yeah, it's pricey. I mean, that is the reason why I'm going to punt and talk about another way to control the lights without going the bulb route. Yep, and because I do think it's more cost effective uh, to get into, and it's easier, cheaper to, to do it, um, but it's got some trade offs as well. But yeah, well, you go the light bulb route. You are going to be putting some money into that. Now, granted, yeah. I, I think prices will continue to kind of work their way down a little bit as people become a little more. Uh, they become a little more popular, and people using them more. But still, it's not an easy thing to say. I'm going to go replace all the lights in my house with. Wi-Fi light bulbs, you are going to spend a pretty penny to have that done. Yeah. And I, and I would say that if you find really inexpensive bulbs, be cautious because yeah. you're talking about a bulb that has, you know, it has the ability to connect into your Wi-Fi. So it, it has some technology in it that you're not going to want a cheap version of that. Plus we talked about it last time. If you buy lots of off brands that potentially don't then work with your home kit or whatever it is that you're using, that can be a problem as well. Um, so yeah. double check to make sure that if you buy a bulb that it is going to work with your system. You know, if it's uh, Amazon's or Google, whatever you're using, uh, make sure it works with that. But then also be very wary of kind of off brands. You know, obviously the big players in this one, Philips, right? Philips Hue uh, is the one that's kind of well-known as, as they, they're the ones that kind of took over the market within this. But now you have some pretty good companies, Casa, does a good job with this. Um, the company that I love, the kind of inexpensive company, Wise, uh, they're yeah. doing light bulbs now. Um, and those don't require a hub, which is nice. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, some of those things to to kind of keep in mind. Now, Alan, tell us tell us your other strategy for getting lights uh, to yeah. control. So, so my other strategy is, is, as much as I would love the bulbs, and the bulbs will give you the most... Um, Customization. I mean, when you have the light bulbs and you use the, the Wi-Fi bulbs, you can change color on some of the bulbs if they are ones that, that mm-hmm. accommodate color, brightness, other things. But if you just want lights to come on and off at certain times or by certain commands, you know, by voice command or by app or at certain timer, uh, you can accomplish the same thing with a outlet plug that is connected to that light if it's a light that mm-hmm. has an, a power switch to it. Um, or is it directly plugged into the wall? This does not work for uh, lights that are wired into your home that do not have an outlet somewhere, obviously. But if you have a, uh, you can get actual outlets and this works for any device. This is not just lights, but I do find this to be the, the best way for me to have lights just come on and off at certain times is to use the smart outlets. So these are plugs that will plug into your, into your wall outlet and then they have their own outlet on it. And whatever you plug into that outlet, is now Wi-Fi controlled, but just from a power on, power off standpoint. Yep. So yep. 
going back to my example, if you remember, Brian, last episode, uh, I gave the really, really creative and, and great example of what I do with my office lights that I was chided for. Um, that's fine. I'm used to that. Um, <laughs> but this, this example was that I had it set to where whenever I got to my office, uh, the lights in my office would come on. And that is all done through outlets. Uh, it's not through Wi-Fi bulbs. Um, so I'm using standard bulbs in my lights. It's just the plug of those lights are plugged into an outlet. And that outlet is what's set to respond yeah. to commands or to uh, programs. So it toggles an on and off state for that light. Um, that can accomplish the same thing. I mean, I've got lights that pop on when I, when I arrive. They turn off when I leave. And it's great. Um, yeah, you can't get the colors. You can't get the change the intensity of the lights. You're still using standard light bulbs in your lamps. But at least the uh, the power on, power off, if that's what you're looking to do. Those outlets, I mean, you can get ones. Uh, I think the, I forget the company I use that I normally get from uh, Wemo. is uh, yep. a lot of the yep. ones I use. Maybe mm-hmm. 20 bucks you can yep. get a, an outlet. Yep. And uh, keep in mind that outlet could be powering an entire power strip and you could have multiple items on that outlet strip. So, you know, there are some ways to make it work if you don't want to plunk down for every single bulb individually at a high price. So, yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. We we have I think I have three, three smart outlets here in the house. Mm-hmm. And and I do I like I, I like them. And I think when people are thinking about this, they do need to try to figure out what they're trying to accomplish. If it's simply to turn the light on and you like the way the light looks mm-hmm. when it's on. Absolutely. This is a great, it's a great way to yeah. go. Yeah. If you're, if you have a, a light or lamp that doesn't have maybe a three-way connection to it, and you'd really like to dim it and have lower levels of light, then, then looking at the bulbs is going to be a much yeah. more effective way. Right. Um, the outlets will not give you that customization. You've got right. to go with individual bulbs in there. Yep. Now I think it's important to note too. Uh, I, I did have this question one time and somebody said, well, I want to start doing that, but um, I don't have, I don't, I don't want to spend the money to do it for all the ones in my house. I said, well, you don't have to, you don't even have to do it for all the ones in your room. You can do a right. single bulb in a single spot. And as long as you know, that bulb is going to be the one you can control. But I mean, if you just got like an accent light in a room and you just want that one accent light to be controllable by your, your phone or by your voice, then just do the one bulb. And yeah. it can be a, a single use. It could be a migration over time where maybe every so often you add another Wi-Fi bulb in. Um, so yeah, that's the great thing about all this is it's very expandable. It's not a matter of you've got to turn your entire house automated in one swoop. You can do it piece by piece and light bulbs are a great way to start with that. Yeah. So Alan, uh, I got a question for you because I, yeah. of course, since I have outlets, I have three of them. And the easiest thing in my head is is a, is a light, right? To plug in a light because a light can go on and off. But I have a hard time trying to figure out other things that I have that I could have turn on and off, <clears throat> all right? I mean, initially I thought, oh, maybe a coffee pot. Well, you don't want the coffee pot turned off, right? You don't want to, it's not going to do anything if you just have it, you know, turn back on again. Yeah. The, the, one, the one use case that I have, which has been pretty helpful because we have a, we have a second story where it gets nice and warm upstairs, but our bedrooms are downstairs um, is I have a fan upstairs and I plug the fan in so that I can tell, you know, the, the my personal assistant, turn the fan on and I don't have to go upstairs in order to, to kind of keep airflow going up here. So I find that one as being a good, uh, a good use case for an outlet as well, because I know some people are thinking, well, if, if I'm going to if I'm going to if I'm only looking to switch the lights, 
then I might as well do the bulb, pay a little extra. But the use case of the outlet is that you really can potentially use it for multiple things. So um, can you think of any others that people might have a use case for that something that just is going to be on or off? I really can't offhand. You you mentioned the other one I was going to suggest with just fans. Yeah. Uh, having yep. a fan or like a noise machine or something else that you do want it to come on and off at certain times. I find it to be anything that you want to be able to turn on automatically or easily, but you also want to make sure it's going to turn off at a certain time. Let's say it's something that you're going to fall asleep to and you really want to make sure it switches off a fan, um, noise machine, uh, lights, anything like that could definitely work. Yeah, I haven't really expanded beyond lights turning on and off yeah. with these smart yeah. outlets because you're right. There's not, I mean, there's not a lot of electronics that I ever want to have completely powered off, like completely off. And um, although I guess that would be one option is that maybe if you've got a, um, I, I know for me, I've got like external hard drives on my desk that, you know, if I'm not in my room, I, I don't really need them powered on. They're not connected mm-hmm. to anything. They're not connected to my laptop. So that could be a one where it may save a little power by just not having those constantly draining power and be physically switched off by yeah. a smart outlet. Um, yeah, well, I, I, just, I don't really actually, have any other good use cases. I was just thinking to myself, so what about, um, here might be a good case. So I don't know if you have this situation, but I have, uh, I have power tools like, um, mm-hmm. A, uh, a drill that is cordless that the battery tends to sit on the charger all the time, which I know mm-hmm. is not good really for the battery, right? Just to be able to keep it on. Even my uh, my lawnmower is run by batteries. So those tend to be plugged in. So I haven't even thought about that, but maybe having the battery charger and then you could actually go in the app and set up a schedule, yep. turn this on every three days and keep it on for four hours and then turn it off for five days, you know, whatever. So if that so. battery charger is like in a on state on the mm-hmm. device itself, and it's just a matter of like toggling the outlet on or off when the outlet toggles on the battery charger will start charging immediately. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of them have their, they have some of that built in, right. They have some of the battery tending yeah. built in, but I don't think at a lot of those power tools and things, I don't think they're that smart, right. I think they're just going to charge and continue to charge. And then potentially you might be losing your, yeah maximum charge capacity. So that could be. Yeah, so like I have an office in my office setup at home, you know, I've got a set of speakers, I've got a monitor and I've got a hard drive, but if I'm not actually here with my laptop in the, in the desk at the desk, then I don't really need those to have any power on. So that's one where I've kind of toyed with the idea of maybe having them on an outlet where if I'm in my office and I have everything come on, speakers turn on the little lamp on my desk turns on the monitor turns on but otherwise they're not draining power yeah if i'm not in here you know so that may be another option too mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah i think i think it becomes a little bit more of what do you just not want draining power when you're not there right right or after a certain hour at night and uh because they do talk about a lot the phantom power that some of these devices that just stay plugged in are still seeping a little bit away yeah, and uh, you know, that'd be a, that may be a way to cut that off so and do you know, do you know anything about the power drain of a, of a, uh, smart plug just being plugged in? Cause it has a wife, it obviously has a Wi-Fi connection. So there's gotta be yeah. some little bit of drain there. It's right? going to drain something, but then if it is, if it's, if it's got a power strip connected to it that has two, three or four items on it, then the yeah, idea would be, be that power strip helping. has now lost power when the, yep. when the smart outlet goes off. So yep. You are technically saving more power than you would have otherwise, but yep. yeah. Can I it's just add one? Reach. I mean, uh, to me, the lamps are like the number one. The way. lamps are so obvious so one. 
yeah, right? Because so there is no smarts to the to the lamp itself. You just need it on or right. off, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I will tell you uh, just to to kind of you know provide a little extra uh, to this idea of outlets. So we ended up buying just recently a uh, an outdoor smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I wouldn't call it an outlet. It's uh, like like an extension cord, but it basically it's like a foot long extension cord that has two or actually three outlets in the end. So it's a splitter. But what's really cool about it is this one, each one of those three has their own signal. So I could, I have, I have a string lights set up on the outside that can now be said to turn on the string lights. And one of those three outlets that came from the single plug uh, can turn on. I could have another one that's a, a side lamp and I could have a third one that's a fan outside and I could have, have them each turn on at different times. So it's a really, really cool device because um, I had been wanting something outside because the bulbs, you have to get very special ones, you know, if you're going to get a Wi-Fi enabled bulb for the outdoors. Um, mm. This allowed me just to do the on and off. And when you have something like outdoor string lights or something, that's a good yeah. use case. That's that's great. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm actually in the market now. I'm you know, moving into a new house here in the next few weeks. And we want to do some great outdoor lighting because uh, the house is really kind of made for that. And I'd absolutely, yes, we're going to go with some outdoor mm-hmm. Wi-Fi plugs or outlets mainly because the thing that frustrates me now with your traditional timers on outdoor lights is when there's daylight savings time it changes you know and all of a sudden you really have to go manually go out there and reset that dial or however that timer set to change a different and of course it gets darker at different times throughout the year then if there's a power outage you know um, power outage will just knock it out completely and throw off your time considerably and again, I mean, we're not talking about a huge lift to go outside and change a timer dial uh, to to fit the time. But if it was on a Wi-Fi plug, A, it's going to be on Wi-Fi, so it's always going to know the correct time. Yep. And you can even adjust it to say, hey, you know what? When we hit late October, let's go ahead and change it to start coming on an hour earlier because it's darker. Yep. And um, that's when things are really nice and to know that you can do it with multiple outdoor light settings or outdoor appliances without having to go manually change each one every single time that stuff happens. Yeah. And I assume that those are things that even the apps will tend to help you with, right? There's probably some apps that will say, Hey, listen, we're, we're keeping track of daylight saving time and we're going to go ahead and shift it to what would be, you know, uh, sundown, right. Wherever Mm -hmm. you, where you're living. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. That's the stuff that you don't remember to do. Right. Well, and my neighbors would be, Uh, Very, very happy with that because we, for a few, uh, for a little while, we had some really, really nice but bright uh, outdoor patio lights that were coming on automatically based on just a traditional timer. But of course, we had a big storm. uh, Power was knocked out for a couple of days. And so then for several days after that, the lights were coming on, um, I think at two in the morning, really bright um, until about seven or eight in the morning. So, uh, yeah. That was uh, probably something that could have been avoided yeah. with a Wi-Fi yeah. outlet instead of the uh, traditional dial one. So, so we, can we can we connect the dots here? So that happened, and now you're moving. Now I'm moving. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You're, you're you're probably. Was there any reason why you have to move now? Yeah. Right? Did they you know it's ask a, you to leave? It's not, it's not a voluntary move. It's. Uh, <laughs> it was- <laughs> Well, you know no, what? The, no. you, you'll have a whole new set of neighbors to annoy uh, very shortly. Exactly. So they, congratulations. Just, just, you, just you wait. I, I look <laughs> forward to pulling a lot of shenanigans in my house that are going to annoy my neighbors. Uh, 
Oh, I love the idea of the outdoor. You know, again, I think it's important. Uh, th- the devices that are meant for indoor plugs and outlets are not meant to be outdoor ones. Right. They do make right. specific outdoor ones. So just be mindful of that. These are electronics, you know, and, and, and putting a smart plug or outlet outside uh, where it can be, you know, water or any other elements towards it is not good. So yep. get yep. one that is meant for outdoor use and you'll you'll see that very clearly labeled. They're going to be a little more. They're going to be a little more expensive. But again, I think uh, I love the idea of the one with the three mm-hmm. different plugs. Oh, it's great. Yeah, connection because then you can really map everything that you need to that that one device. So, yep, no, it's really good. Cool. So, well, yeah, so we I think on that to- whole lighting thing. I think you know, I think lighting is where it, it, it's the easiest to do. It is the one that I feel like most people will kind of dabble into first, and I also think it has, I think, in a little bit kind of greatest bang for your buck. I mean, pop in a twenty dollar bulb, and all of a sudden, you know, not only are you getting a really great LED bulb that's going to last really long time, but you can control when it's on or off, and not have to worry about it. Um, it's easy to do, and I think it, it, it sees the most immediate uh, impact on yep. Uh, yep. use, even some cost over time too. Right. I mean, let's so in real quick example, right? You and I both did this with our parents, where mm-hmm. you know they're in a three story house where they tend to only spend their time in the middle floor, but yet they have a lamp at the top floor that they like to turn on every once in a while. They also have a fan that's upstairs that they like to have on because of the heat. And we don't want them going up and down those stairs two or three times a day in order to adjust those things, right? That's a great use case scenario to simply have an outlet that they can say, turn on the upstairs light, or it's set at a schedule that says it's going to come on at these times of the day and change it's a great opportunity to where that now becomes a safety thing too, right? Less chance of, you know, falling down the stairs, having to worry about doing that every day, less chance of forgetting about it, um, yep. you know, and having fire hazards. So I think that, yeah, that's a really easy first step to jump in and, uh, and can, uh, can be beneficial, but it is, it is a gateway drug, right? You'll start to get addicted and you start I, looking I, for other uh, opportunities. So after getting my first couple rooms set up with, with, uh, lighting, the way I liked it, I'm now, of course, now moving into a different house. I, I went there today, no library. I was there today for a couple hours, and I think I spent the entire time I was there thinking, how can I automate the lighting <laughs> in this house? That was my every, – everybody else is measuring furniture and checking you know, water pipes. and like, I'm like, no, no, no. I, I need to know where are my Wi-Fi – Where's lights your, where's your outlet? Where is the yeah. where's the lights? Yep. That's yep. where all my focus was on. So yeah. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Well, let's let's talk about kind of another element of convenience and efficiency. It's similar, but it beyond yep. it goes beyond lighting. And we're talking about this idea of using automation, using uh, devices and apps and, and and all to activate or just make things happen that right. you know maybe are going to be a routine task for you and something that you just want to happen happen automatically without you having to, to worry about it. Uh, I can think of a couple examples in this right away. Uh, Coffee pots. Now, brewing a pot of coffee. Yeah, a coffee maker has, many of them nowadays has like a timer on them. So you can go in there and say, 
8 a.m. I want you to brew a pot of coffee and it will do it. And a lot of them will actually even shut off after so much time so they don't get overheated or, or burn. Um, but I'm talking about going a little further. I mean, I'm talking about using technology and Wi-Fi and in apps to do it to where maybe the next morning is like, you know what? I, I only want a single cup this morning. I, I don't want a whole pot. So instead of having to go to the coffee maker and completely change the programming and then change it back the next day, you know, you could actually go on your, your app. If it's a coffee pot that is uh, automated and has Wi-Fi connectivity yeah. and say, you know what, tomorrow morning, brew me just a cup. I want it to be ready at eight o'clock in the morning and it's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's nice. That's, that's a great <laughs> single example. Uh, what are some other examples, Brian, of just this kind of activation doing well, something I think, um, maybe stick with the, uh, stick with the kitchen for a minute. I mean, something like a crock pot, right? I thought, I think crock pots are a really cool way in which we've always used them as a somewhat of an automation, right? I mean, a lot of those crock pots for a long time have been, you press three hours and it's going to cook for three hours, right? But I always really, I have a really hard time leaving the house sometimes with a crock pot on, right? It just, to me, it just freaks me out a little bit, you know, to think that, okay, what happens if I don't get back in time and I've got either burned stuff or I've got something that, you know, uh, heat that, uh, that could cause some issues. So having nowadays, they've got crock pots that can be Wi-Fi enabled to where you could say, Hey, at a certain time of the day, I'm at the office and I know it's three or four hours from when I want to eat, right? Let me turn the crock pot on. I put everything in there this morning and now it's only going to go on whenever I'm ready. Or I go ahead and set the schedule. I want to eat at seven o'clock. So turn it on at four, but I'm not at home at four. So I want it to happen you know, automatically. So I think those are some great uh, use yeah. cases that provide the convenience. Um, and it's it's something that crockpots have tried to do for a long time anyway, right? It's like, well, we're going to let you cook all day, but we're going to cook it at a low level so you don't have a problem. Mm. Even that's kind of a gamble, right? Um, yeah. Remember I mentioned to you that sous vide cooking is the same idea, right? It's the idea that we're going to cook with water, but I'm going to tell it, this is when I want it to be done. And I want it to regulate itself, to automate it as to when it needs to turn on, to be able to cook to a certain amount of time. So I think that's a, that's a really good use case. Um, just going back to your coffee example, you know, one of the beauties of automation, I think, is when you start to have routines with lots of these things happening. So imagine yeah. your routine is, you know, good morning. And all of a sudden, good morning means these lights come on means the coffee pot turns on and starts brewing. It means the, um, you know, the, the radio in your bathroom turns on because you're wanting your morning music. All these little things start to happen instead of you having to go, you know, out of the bedroom, go to the kitchen, turn something on just because you know you're going to need it in 30 minutes, right? So I think that's, yeah. those are the things that I think makes us really, really cool. If you know you're going to be doing it and you know it's taking you extra time and effort to do it, and if you could have it happen either automatically or at least by your voice, I think that's where this can be really exciting. Well, and that's why the the internet connectivity, the wireless connectivity, the controlling through your app or through, you know, whether it's HomeKit on Apple or Google Home or any of these other technologies, that's what separates it from just going to your coffee maker and using the built-in little timer programmer to do it. Because yes, you can do that, but then you're having to do that with each of these things that you want to have happen in the morning. And if there's a v deviation in any way, you've got to still go to that device and yep. go in and use their manual programmer. To accomplish this whole chain of things that you're talking about, each of those steps need to be on a internet connected or wireless connected device that you can then corral and control through one place. 
So they kind of refer back to our last episode where we talked about these these technologies that are meant for pulling these things together. That's really where that that shines is that, uh, you know, if you've still got to open up 10 different apps to have 10 different things uh, automated in your house, it's still an automation, but it's it's a little more lifting involved. Yeah. Where if they're all in your home kit or Google home app, then all of a sudden you can stitch them together and say, yep, I want all 10 of these things to happen at the same time every morning and you're golden. And then right. if you want to change the time, you just go in and change it one time and it affects it for all 12 of those devices. So that's where I still say, you know, it, any device you buy, whether it's you're getting a coffee pot, that's going to be Wi-Fi enabled. Uh, you're going to be uh, um, doing the, the crock pot or any of that mm-hmm. really see if you can use it with whatever home technology hub you're interested in using, because if you can, then you really open up your possibilities of what you can do with it. Yeah, you can start chaining things together. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. Yep. Now, I will say, Brian, there's a little bit of a danger. I just will kind of throw out that I think is important to note <laughs> with the over automation of things happening. Okay. Because you know, I've possible? seen dog, dog food dispensers. I've seen, you know, where people <laughs> can set it up to where dog food comes out at certain times and you can control yep. that remotely if you want to yep. feed your dog, um, which is great. I love all this stuff. But uh, if you recall the opening credit sequence of Back to the Future, classic 1985 movie, one of my favorites. Uh, yes. um, you know, Doc Brown, uh, Christopher Lloyd mm-hmm. in the film, uh, great inventor. But I think the example that you see in the first few minutes is that he had so much automated uh, to happen to basically give his dog food that it's actually because he lost track of it and he was gone for a few days. Things kind of spiraled out of control and you, you, you lost sight of it. So just keep in mind that... Uh, if you set up your automation to have a brew, a, co- a, co- a pot of coffee brew in the morning, it's going to brew that morning. That's okay? right. It's, <laughs> I mean, whether you want coffee that morning or not, it's brewed and yeah. it's going to be there waiting for you, which is great. Every other thing you automate is going to happen. That's the yeah. great thing about automation. But it's, uh, just a reminder, there can be a point of saying, maybe I automated too much and I'm kind of spiraling out of control a little bit. So yeah. Just well, with with that note, though, Alan, you probably that probably gives you the, the reason why you want to make sure whatever automation device you're buying has enough controllability to even get past that. So uh, here's a here's a, an example that I've had before. So I we have a, a sprinkler system. Okay, in our in our um, yard, and it's for some of the plants that we, you know, have uh, uh, like a little garden set up and everything. So we tried to do an automated water system, and we bought it, bought one that was just a little digital device that went on the the, uh, the spigot. We punched in and said, "Okay, on this day, we want it to go for ten minutes here, and we want it to go for ten minutes here, and that's great." But if we go away, okay, and we get floods of rain for four or five days in a row, that's still going to be watering at those times, right? It's the Doc Brown thing, right? It's still going to be watering. But if we would have maybe spent a little bit extra on that device to where it was Wi-Fi enabled, and then we go away and we say, oh, crap, I forgot, right? We need to turn that off. You at least would be able to do it from your phone, from wherever you are. Um, I'm also thinking some of those are really good that says, hey, if the temperature is below this amount today, only water it for this much. And if the temperature in this location is above this, water it twice as much. Those are the things that I forget, right? I don't have a green thumb, okay? And I won't remember that, oh, the sun's been out all day. I need to go and change that. So that's, to me, one of the beauties of automation. When you start thinking, if you've got things that you've screwed up, like mm-hmm. overwatering, underwatering, um, 
you know, not having things ready at a certain time, not having the food ready at a certain time. Those are the things that happen often for you. Automation would be really helpful, especially if you can have smart triggers rather than just time of day, but if time of day, weather, you know, uh, amount of light, the uh, daylight savings time, the temperature outside, all of these things could help trigger whether it happens or doesn't happen. And I think those are, uh, those are great, uh, great examples of ways to, to use this and make it so your for- forgetfulness doesn't come back to bite you uh, too yeah, often. That's true. Yeah. There again, if you are someone that you know, are comfortable using your phone and get familiar with whatever app, um, HomeKit, Alexa, uh, Google Home, whatever it may be, whatever platform you, you tap into, um, if you're someone who is comfortable using your phone or tablet or device and you can get all your devices to work in that one ecosystem that you're going to use, they really do make it easy to go in and change the settings on it on a device and tie it in with other things and make a group where certain devices will all work together in concert with one another. It is really an easy thing once they all get in the same, into the yep. same platform. Yep. So um, that's why I'm just, I, you know, I've, I've, Adopted HomeKit. Uh, that's pretty much where I am now. I said, look, the only things I'm buying are things that are going to work in HomeKit. I don't want to deal with other apps. Now, I have been generally impressed, which I know is the same on Google and, and uh, Amazon, that basically once that device or that that item is available in your house and it sees it on the network, you see it in that HomeKit environment and you can now customize it and program it and everything else. Yeah. So it makes it fairly easy to do. Uh, yeah. It's getting better. It was, it was a lot trickier a few years ago to kind of build these things in, but I think they, all the technologies are getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, they're getting much better. And they're all, they're all connecting to lots of different services. Like you say, weather, you know, uh, lo- you know, time of day, all of that stuff. They're all getting information from lots of different places. And, uh, it's really helpful. One other thing, Alan, we mentioned that the first episode, but I think it also kind of falls under this, this same category is the thermostats and the thermostats, you know, were ones we talked about and we both, uh, promoted uh, our competing thermostats in the first one. But just a reminder, that's also kind of an efficiency thing, especially regarding this idea of activation. The fact that you don't have to remind yourself to go and turn your, you know, your temperature down when you leave for a few days, and the fact that that can happen automatically, or the fact that it recognizes if you're around or that you can easily, if you've forgotten it, go back into your app. I think that's the beauty of these things, things that would have cost you money, things that you would have forgotten that would have been a catastrophe, those are those are the beauties of using this. So I, I tell you, our smart thermostats, I, I, I truly believe save us money. Yeah. Um, because just knowing that, you know, that I can have the temperature drop a little bit at night because, you know, we're just uh, we're in our beds. We're comfortable. We can have the temperature drop a little bit at night when we're not there during the day. It can also uh, drop or not not work the AC units at all. And then, yeah, if we say, hey, we're going to go away for seven days then it just really drops it down and we can make sure when we're on the airport and we're heading on our way back home, go ahead and flip it back on. And it's that way it's ready to go when we come back. I really think all those things, yes, a lot of the thermostats, you could do that manually before, but you had to be physically there in front of the thermostat to do it and just lose some of that efficiency. So I do believe we've saved money um, and wear and tear on the AC units to some degree too, which is nice. So Alan, have you, uh, have you moved to the, um, the Wi-Fi enabled garage door opener yet? No, I have not. Although okay. I am looking at that for yep. again for this this house move. 
Yeah. Um, no, it's it's we we did that because we we had to replace our uh, garage door opener and and it really wasn't that much more expensive to get one that was Wi-Fi enabled. But there's another one that has been pretty efficient for us and has helped us out a couple of times. For example, you know, we will talk a lot in another episode about things like uh, door locks that can be, mm-hmm. you know, opened from a far, uh, from a remote location and all of that. So we tend to use that now as our way of providing people access. You know, hey, listen, you want to come pick that up? We're going to put it in our garage. You just text me when you're there. I go on my phone and I open my garage door up and then I can clearly see whether the garage door is still open or not or closed, close it back. Um, and you used to be able to do that, giving them a code, but now you've got somebody that has your code, right? Uh, we haven't gotten to the point where we're using this for Amazon, but we're thinking about it where we'll lock the door that goes from our house into the garage. But we'll just say, Amazon, hey, listen, you know, you can notify us when you're there and you can put those in some of the comments and we'll open up the garage door and you just set it inside and we'll close it right back, you know, because we also can have yeah. a camera in there. We can do whatever. So there's lots of cool opportunities with that. And that's definitely something I'm looking into because our, our house we're going to has a detached uh, two-car oh, garage. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the idea that I could actually put a garage door opener there and know that I can actually open the garage door and it doesn't give access to the rest of my house. So yeah, that's, that's nice. That's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. I really do. And I think that's great. So anything I can control from my phone uh, or my voice, I am all about. Now, Brian, there is kind of another category of things to help with convenience and efficiency that doesn't require any new devices. I mean, it's already using the technology you have in your mobile device and it's simple notifications. Um, let's say there are things that you can't have a computer or technology do for you. Taking out the trash. I have not figured out a way to have technology <laughs> take the trash out to the curb yet. Um, doing laundry, doing yeah. other things that you have to do on a, on a regular basis. But sometimes you need reminders. You know, our our trash comes up Friday morning. So actually I need to, you know, do it uh, Thursday night and get all my trash out. And sure enough, I will forget and I'll be the one at seven in the morning running, running the trash cans up the curb, trying to make yep. it there in time. So having a simple reminder on your phone system is a great way to help with efficiency as well. Just uh, put in a reminder, make sure it's set to repeat. If it's a repetitive task, you know, I've got the take your trash out Thursday night. It reminds me at five o'clock about the time I might be coming home from work and it's every week. So once I check it off that, yep, I did it. Then it automatically rolls to the next week and will remind me the next week, um, which is great. Um, Well, I also think, Alan, within that. So that's, you know, you're talking about kind of the simple. Everybody has it. It's your phone that's triggering these things. Um, I'm also noticing that some of these devices now that's part of what they do. You know, uh, I've seen a, a washer and dryer set up that mm-hmm. is Wi-Fi enabled. And the purpose of it is it's going to send you a reminder that, hey, by the way, you know, your your stuff is done, right? Because there's really nothing worse than having your, forgetting your your laundry in the washer overnight, oh, right? So, yeah, so it triggers and says, hey, by the way, washer's that's done, true. right? Switch it over. Or, you know, I like to get my things fresh out of the dryer so that they don't wrinkle up because I don't have an iron. So it'd be nice to have, you know, that triggering to say this is happening. Um, That's true. So I think some of those things, uh, we have uh, the beauty of that garage door opener I told you about is that not only can I control it, but it also sends me a notification every time the garage door opens. So I know when I'm at work, when my wife gets home, because I can see the garage door open. And if it's not the time she's supposed to be home, then I know there's a problem, right? I got to check and see why is it open. And then I can look for some other security things. So 
I think there's some there's a lot of these notifications that can come from these devices now that any of them that are Wi-Fi connected will have some level of notification. So even though you may look at something and go, why in the world would I want to control that wirelessly? Maybe it's not about the control. Maybe it's more about the notification, right? The fact that yeah. it's going to tell you when things have happened that might then help you security-wise or might help you just reminder-wise if you're someone. I mean, I was, you know, we, we've been looking at other houses too. And, and some of these houses, you see the laundry room is way down in the basement where you're rarely ever going. And I can imagine myself starting laundry and forgetting about it. And uh, it'd be kind of nice to to have some triggers that tell me, hey, go down there and switch it, right? You know, I hadn't really even considered a trigger or notifications from washer and dryer, but that's actually mm-hmm. really smart. It doesn't yeah. make a big difference there. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's an aspect of notifications I, I still am amazed that more people are not using that I still think is probably one of the coolest things to do with notifications is a thing called geofencing. Oh, yeah. So you may have heard this term before, but geofencing is the idea that since your phone is kind of your conduit, it is your device that's going to handle your notifications, well, your phone knows where you are all the time. You know, it is it knows your geographic location. So what's even better is that, yes, you could have a, a notice, a reminder come to tell you to do something in your house, to take out your trash or whatever, uh, and it, you may set it for a certain time, but what if that's at a time that you're not really in a good spot to pay attention to it, or you've got other things going on and you miss it? Um, geofencing is basically going to say, look, you can program a notification to happen when you arrive or leave a certain location. So right away, it may not seem clear what you can do with that, but if you really think about ways to apply this, uh, I could set a geo, I could set a, uh, notification to say, Hey, you know what? On Thursdays at five 30, well, I'm not even a time. I'm just going to say when I arrive home from work on Thursdays, um, I want you to pop up a notification to me about taking out the taking trash. The trash. No, nice. So yeah. right away. It's like, it's not even a matter of if it's five o'clock or whatever time it's like, if I got home at seven o'clock, when it's detects that I'm at my home at that address, then it pops up my notification. Hey, Go and take your trash out before you go inside. Yeah, no, that's, and that's totally where things get really exciting because that's where you can start to really customize when and how you're getting those notifications as opposed to just it having to be set at a certain time, which that time may or may not always work for everybody. So geofencing, I love. There's some really yep. creative things you can do. I gave the example about as I approach my office, um, my, my work office, mm-hmm. all my lights come on. Uh, and when I leave my work office, all the lights go off. Uh, that's using the automation with those with that geofencing, but then you can do notifications the same way. Send me a notification when I arrive at this place on a regular basis. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, let me give you another example, and this is this is where um, you know again you got to get creative with this and start thinking what do I want to have happen or not happen when I'm in a particular location. And yeah. one of the things, so I. Um, we have a home security piece that we'll talk about uh, in another episode, but we have a, a security camera in the house. We have some uh, little sensors on the doors that'll tell us that the door opens or if there's movement in our garage, those sorts of things, little tiny sensors. But those things are all tapped into a an app that will trigger you know, and say, I'm going to notify you anytime I see movement or anytime something's happening in your house. Well, that sounds great, right? But if my wife is at home, she's moving all the time, I'm getting constant notifications saying movement, movement, movement. Okay, so 
that's a situation where I need somehow, I need that system to know that my wife is home. And when she's home, I need not to know that she's moving around. So what we actually had was a geofencing setup that we use the uh, IFTTT, right? If then that's that that we talked about before that said, when either one of us is within the realm of our neighborhood, it's kind of within a you know quarter mile of our house. Now go ahead and turn off our movement notifications. And so we have it that either one of us happens to be home. We're not going to receive notifications of what's moving in the house because we know we're there. When we leave that, then they trigger back on again to say, now we're going to let you know anything that happens. So I don't have to tell it, hey, I'm away, right? And kind of remind to turn your turn your security system on. It happens automatically when I drive away. Um, nice. You know, it'll start giving me notifications. So, so there's a great example of having it do something or not do something whenever you're in a particular location and things you just don't have to remember to do. I mean, I, I, I've never had a security system before, but I, I always see, I guess maybe on movies and TVs and things, people forgetting to turn on the security system or forgetting to turn it off or whatever. And this is a way that it would happen automatically depending on where you are. So, well, and I, I know we're going to be talking about security systems. I think in another deep dive, I'm going to have some really interesting update information well, on security systems because nice. I've been pricing and researching a lot of them lately and trying to find some good fits. So um, anyway, we will definitely talk about that at the next yeah. deep dive. Up so, I mean, deep. I think we, I think we have, you know, three good categories of use case and they all work together, right? I mean, the lighting can also be an activation thing, which can also be a notification thing. Uh, but I think that those use cases of lighting of, do you want something to turn on? that you don't want to remind yourself to turn on? And do you want to be reminded to do things, right? All of those things could be integrated together, which I think uh, makes makes the convenience and efficiency uh, be a a really appealing way to work with automation. So, Well, and I think, again, just kind of recap for people too, you know, what what do you need to make this stuff happen? Um, You know, again, we highly recommend uh, kind of picking a home automation technology if you're an Apple user, I would consider HomeKit just because it's already built into your stuff there. If you're a Google Android user, Google Home is the platform. If you just are already bought into Amazon and you love the Amazon ecosystem and maybe you've already got some Alexa devices around the house, then I'd recommend you, you go with that approach. But either way, all three are good, solid platforms. But I do recommend picking one because the more devices you start adding, it, it does make it easier to manage all of them in one, one place. But once you've got that home technology kind of figured out what you're going to use, then make sure the devices you purchase will work with those. And if they work with that that home technology, they should be fairly straightforward to plug them in. You should be able to control them from uh, – there may be an extra setup process you have to do with some of them where you have to use their app for just an initial setup that then you can add it to your home kit or Google Home environment. Uh, I wish they would just make it plug and play as quickly as possible, but I have had a few devices that still make you go through a little bit more of a setup process with a different app, but eventually you can get them set up in your home kit uh, environment and they work great. Yeah. Um, and then it's just, uh, you know, thinking about the ways that you can use these beyond just maybe that one singular purpose, you know, with smart outlets, you have a lot of flexibility on controlling multiple devices, power on and off. Uh, you've got ways that you can sequence things together to where you can have multiple devices all do something at a certain time or as a group. 
So it becomes really fun to start playing around yeah. with, with ideas on that. But yeah. I love the fact that you can start small with a single bulb, but then grow to where you've got your entire house completely automated. Yeah. No, and I and I agree with you that if the doing the gateway of potentially buying one smart outlet, I think if you buy one smart outlet, because the outlet itself will allow you to do things beyond just the the lights, as we talked about, buy one smart outlet, try light on it, see how that works. You can get your timing going, get your automation going, and then and then see if you want to grow from there. But you can buy the outlets pretty cheap, and even if you decide the lights aren't for you. You know, you can you use it for other things, right? A fan or something like that. So I think that's a great first step. I agree with that. So well, Alan, should we get cool into our, get yeah, into our, our uh, patented bits? This is our brothers in tech suggestions. This is what we end every show with, where we basically uh, both give a recommendation of something we think worth checking out. It can be a device. It can be a website. It can be an app. Anything that kind of helps supplement and complement what we're talking about already in this episode. So... We've been talking convenience and efficiency, ways to kind of just take take a more automated view of things in your house using technology. So, Brian, what have you got for us to share as your brothers in tech suggestion? Well, so uh, I was trying to think what are the what are the things regarding automation and efficiency that I use, and one of the things I've been really happy with, um, and we didn't really even talk about it as one of our use cases, but I'll explain how it can be. Um, is a remote control for my my TV and my entertainment system. So um, now normally you think remote control, well, sure, right? You have a, a handheld device that you can press a button and it's going to do lots of things. That's a form of automation, right? Is that you press a button and other things happen. Well, one of the biggest problems with remote controls is line of sight, right? Most of them need line of sight in order to be able to activate. So you need to be able to point directly to something. Um so I'm going to recommend a Wi-Fi enabled remote control, and I'm going to I'm going to recommend it for a couple of reasons. One, because you don't need line of sight. So if you're somebody who likes to control your entertainment center and you want to be able to do it from your from your kitchen, but you're not pointed directly at your entertainment center, this remote will work because it works through Wi-Fi. So it's sending the signal through Wi-Fi um, at the Wi-Fi box. So there's going to be a hub, and the hub will sit up next to whatever you're trying to control and it'll blast out its own signal. So even if you have like a, what an IR signal remote, you know, like you save an old entertainment center that only responds with IR, well, this will blast out an IR signal as well. So it does the Wi-Fi as well as the IR. So it'll control those devices as long as it has line of sight. Your remote doesn't, but the hub does. Sure. Okay. But here's, here's why this is really cool is once you get things done via Wi-Fi, like, now I can turn my TV on via Wi-Fi and I can turn my entertainment center on via Wi-Fi. That means now that you can start doing automation. For example, waking up in the morning and saying, turn on the TV and it will go through your system. And I happen to have a system that the receiver needs to come on because we have built-in speakers and the TV needs to come on and the Apple TV needs to come on because everything streams through that. So I need all of these things to happen and I need it to happen. I want it to happen via voice or via running scripts and automation. So when I say get up in the morning, say good morning, I want the TV to come on. I want um, the lights to come on in a certain part of the room that I'm going to go to. I want you know this next thing to happen, maybe an outdoor light to turn off something. You've got all these things that can end up happening. So um, although we I do not use it to control my channels at all, I think I could. I could probably tell it turn to channel 12 
if I was doing the TV channels, but since I do the streaming through YouTube TV, it doesn't do that. Um, but the fact that I could, I'm in there in the kitchen working on, uh, you know, cooking dinner and I can say, turn the volume up mm-hmm. and it will ratchet up five, five notches on my receiver makes it really, really helpful to be able to do that. And the only, re- only way that I can do that is by having some Wi-Fi enabled device. And this is the hub that will end up controlling things that are not Wi-Fi enabled and allow you to be able to control a number of those things. So incredibly cool. So this is called the Harmony Companion Remote and Hub. And it's by Harmony and Harmony uh, does a great job with uh, their remote devices. Um, the one, the reason I'm going to recommend this one is because it does have a physical remote. And this is just my thing, right? You could buy one of these hubs, set it up, put it up there and use your phone to do all these things and voice and all of that. But I still like having a physical remote and I like the physical remote as opposed to the Apple remote. I like to have one that has physical keys on it and these keys feel great, right? They're solid. They, you know, they provide a click like when you're using them. Um, It just, it's a really great remote uh, regardless of whether it was Wi-Fi, but the fact that it's Wi-Fi and can allow these other things is just really, really cool. So that's the Harmony Companion Remote and Hub. It's 150 bucks, not bad at all for what you're getting. There are many other levels of this. This is the entry level that provides just a simple remote. There are ones that then have colored digital screens on the remote, touch, touch screen, all that sort of stuff. But I wanted physical keys. So this one is kind of the, the entry level, which is, which is great. So uh, awesome. Harmony, Harmony Companion Remote and Hub is, uh, has been wonderful. So that's cool. You know, on that note, um, I've noticed a lot of newer TVs are coming with uh, HomeKit or Alexa yeah. built into yeah. the TV as well. Yeah. So that doesn't, necessarily give you complete control over your whole home system if you have a separate receiver or an audio system necessarily but at least you know if you if you just wanted to go be able to give voice commands or app commands to your tv set i would imagine yep. volume up and volume down yep. so you can do uh, that power yeah. on power off would work with it mm-hmm. so that's uh, that's cool so yep. they're making tvs a uh, kind of a nice connected device as well now too. right yeah so if you're if you're buying a new you know, uh, device for your system. Absolutely look to see if it costs much more to go ahead and make it Wi-Fi enabled. Um, but the beauty of this one is that again, it, it retroactively makes your things accessible. And what happens is so that you have the little hub and the hub blasts something, but maybe you have a system like I do where some of it is behind a cabinet door and you've got some of it in a different location. So you don't have to have this hub, which looks like a kind of a uh, well, it looks like an Apple TV, right? Or a Roku, sim- similar size. You don't have to have that in total direct line of sight because it also comes with wired extenders. So you can plug in the back and you could take one of those little extenders and put it small little you know, dime size out that then it sends the signal to your TV. I actually have mine going up and being on my TV. So you can't even really tell it's a little device that sits on the TV because it's going to blast the signal to my TV. So just a way to retroactively make all of your stuff smart, which I think is yeah, pretty cool. That's a that's a good path to take because I mean most people still have parts of their home right. system 
that are not going to be Wi-Fi con- connected. And it's just, it's not worth it to go out and buy a whole new TV just to have one Wi-Fi connected. If you can instead invest in something that's going to work with more legacy equipment like that. Yep. So that's great. It does yeah, take a little cool. bit of setup. I will say you have to, sure. you have to put some time and energy into saying when I press this button, especially if you have a receiver set up, like I do press this button, turn that on, turn it to that input, turn this on, turn it to that input, turn this on, and then, then go back to this device and let me control that device. So it's, there's a series of steps you have to do, but once you set it up, it's all good to go. So yeah. Awesome. All right. The Harmony uh, Companion Remote in Hub. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's great. A link for it in the show notes as well. Cool. Um, so my pick got, is much smaller and easier. And actually, Brian, I have you to thank for it. Um, yes. Because I'll be honest. You tell? It, when when I, this device was kind of uh, uh, becoming popular and people were using it, I looked at it at one point and said, eh, I don't need that. That's That doesn't seem like a real help for me. But then Christmas rolled around and I get a gift from my brother and it's one of these devices. And I'm like, okay, well now let's, let's, let's give it a shot and see what it does. It is the tile uh, from the company's tile T I L E. Uh, this is the tile mate. It is a, like a little key fob that basically will always uh, report back its location to you. So as you start to think about applications for this, you may say, okay, well, I, I can always track my phone. My phone has GPS on it. I can go to my computer and find my phone. Yeah, you can. But what about your keys? Your keys don't have any kind of tracking device on them normally. What if there's something else? What if, uh, you know, I've heard people even using it with like their dog on a collar. I've heard other people just anything that you want to try to track. That's what this is meant to do. It's like an $18 device. It's like a little about the maybe a, a one inch by one inch mm-hmm. of that. Yep. Size wise, very small, very convenient and put it on anything you want to be able to track. The way it works is it is, uh, if it's in a Wi-Fi network, it's going to kind of tap into that, but it mainly uses Bluetooth to kind of say, all right, what's around me. And if you kind of imagine this entire network of Bluetooth devices around the world, uh, it's using bouncing off those signals to kind of help you see where it is. So if you left your keys at a park, and there's anybody else around there, anywhere nearby with a Bluetooth device running, it's going to be able to at least kind of get bounce some signal off of that and, and yep. relay to you. This is where it is. So tile, uh, you get an app that you download on your phone. So that is your app to be able to see. You can have any number of tiles. You can have one, you can have 20, and you can manage them all from one place. Um, you can also control it to send a sound. Say, look, we're just going to start playing a sound, uh, kind of like we used to do when we were looking for our phones. You know, we'd mm-hmm. say, from another phone, we see if we can actually play a sound on our missing phone. And uh, it's the same thing with the tile. Say, all right, just start playing a, a sound or an alarm or whatever. And then you can now uh, see it and find out where you left it. Uh, if it's in somewhere nearby where you can hear it. So uh, it's great. I mean, you know, yeah, there have been devices that have done this type of thing before internet connected technology to help you try to track things. Uh, definitely the idea of playing an alarm or sound to try to locate something. But the fact that you could leave something somewhere and there's a really good chance you're going to get a location tracking on it um, for 20 bucks on something yeah, of value that's that's where it's really nice. So uh, I've been using it with my keys. It is saved me uh, three times, I think, cool. you know, so for yeah. a 20 buck investment, that's totally worth it for me. I'm perfectly happy knowing where my keys are and not losing my keys uh, for 20 bucks, uh, if it did it help me out several times over a couple of years. Yeah. So yeah. that tile now tile makes a whole array of different products, but the tile mate is what I'm recommending 
that one singular uh, tile device that really is uh, the bedrock of what they're doing. Yeah. No, those, I, I, I've been a big fan of Tom. Now, of course, I'm worried they they may go out of business soon, right? Because Apple has their own yeah, version Apple, coming out, which uh, may... Uh, on those. Uh, that, what's the word? that They're mm-hmm. the air tags. Air tags. Yep. So they're planning That's on kind of taking over that market, or at least for their Apple folks. Um, so I, I'm concerned about, you know, whether I don't, I'm not concerned about Tao going out of business just yet, but I'm certainly concerned that, you know, Apple users will start uh, to need to go to air tags and not be able to use Tile anymore. But uh, for now, it's wonderful. I can tell you that I have uh, myself, let's see, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, I have six tiles. And there are different types. So I have the same one you do, uh, which is on my keychain. I gave one to my wife and put it on her keychain. So now we can each tell when our, we've lost our keys. Um, I also have the, um, so I have a really interesting one. Tile itself okay, is kind of the company in the system. So you can find other devices that will use Tile system. And one of the devices I have is a set for, for my work keys. Okay, it looks like a it looks like a pocket knife. Okay, and the pocket knife you screw in your keys. So I have probably ten different keys on this pocket knife, and then they each one of the keys flips open like a knife would to be able to use it. But the device itself has tile built into it, so I charge it probably once a month, and that device I can tell if I ever lose it, I can tell then where I left it, which is really cool. Now for me, it's fantastic because. You know, at my university where I work, if you lose a key for a building, I mean, it's like $250 fee that you've got to pay to rekey that door, right? So I'm thinking this is a lot of money on a keychain here that I want to make sure I don't lose. So so I've got that. Uh, I also have a, uh, I don't know if you've seen the stickers that they have now, the little, the little devices. They look like little, uh, I don't know, like Mentos or a really small device that they're called stickers because you actually do stick them on things where you want to kind of hide the fact that you have a tile on it. And so I have a couple of those. I have one that I drop into my nice camera bag and I have it kind of tucked away. So if someone were to steal my camera bag that they don't normally see, I mean, I think if I would have hung the tile keychain on the outside, they'd know it, pull that off. But this is actually stuck in a, you know, pocket somewhere. Um, you know, you could put it on a computer if you're taking your computer lots of places and making sure that if, you know, that were to go missing, that you at least have a, you know, a, a, an opportunity to look for it. So, so I have a number of them. You can look at all of them onto the same app. You pull up your app and you can see where everything was most recently. So uh, my only I advice not- to that is set yourself a reminder to charge them. If you have something that requires a new battery or, you know, and Tile will tell you like, hey, listen, your Tile is running low on battery, but you know, set yourself a reminder, you know, for every 20 or 30 days, okay, I'm going to charge all my tiles or I'm going to replace batteries in my tiles and make that work. So, so I think those are, those are really great ways to use kind of a form of automation to remind you of something, to allow you some convenience, to make sure you didn't lose anything. Um, and, uh, yeah, I highly recommend them again, hopefully they, they stick around a while, at least maybe they'll, pivot a little bit to continue to be useful uh, and kind of get by with Apple's new stuff. But well, I was actually really happy to see just the, the amount of products that they have on their site. Cause I had not visited the web, yeah. their website in quite a while. I mean, really everything has worked so good with what I've got that I hadn't really needed to go and look at any new ones. And um, 
going on their website and seeing the variety of different products they have now to trying to really cover all of your bases on, yeah. uh, on the stuff is great. So no, oh, let me I'm, tell you uh, another one. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this one, Alan, but they actually make one that's about the size of a credit card, put it in your wallet. And now your wallet has, you know, tile built in. And uh, so to me, that's fantastic for those that still use a wallet, right? I mean, the fact that you can slide this in and if the wallet were to go missing, you would uh, at least have an idea or at least to uh, know where it was most recently. So, wow. Now that's, cool that's stuff. really good. Uh, billfold is probably the number one yeah. thing I, I do. Right. And unfortunately, I don't want to have a tile, like the no. little tile tag. On it. That, no. that wouldn't work. So at least this way. Uh, it kind of works. That's great. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Very cool. There's well, I think some, great, uh, there's some oh. great picks. I think yeah. some awesome stuff. Very, very good. So, Brian, uh, let's kind of wrap up here. If somebody sure. wants to get a hold of us, talk about anything that we're discussing so far in this episode, how can they do that? Well, send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. So, info at the mesh.tv. Tell us. Uh, what kind of uh, home automation you're using, uh, what kind of creative uses you have for your home automation. We'd love to be able to pass those on to to our listeners and uh, to those that we consult with to kind of give them new ideas. Um, and also, most importantly, give us, a, give us a heads up about what you'd like us to talk about in the future. You know, if you have some new topics that you want us to dive into, I think uh, uh, we're always open to, to hear what you know, what kind of uh, technology. And even if it's not something that we're, we have a, a lot of experience with, we'd love to, to get opportunities to go dig into uh, the research and be able to pass that along to you. So info at the mesh.tv uh, and uh, drop us a note. Yeah, absolutely. And always uh, remember the mesh.tv is a great source for podcasts in general. You can listen to back episodes of this show if there's a topic you want to go back in time and hear us discuss uh, or any other show that's on the network, it's a great place for some uh, exciting and fun podcast uh, for a variety of different topics. So we do encourage you to check out the mesh.tv T H E M E S H dot T V. And with that, we're going to go ahead and sign off. So Brian, thanks as always. We'll look forward to when we get together again, we'll be talking about come another element of uh, uh, home automation. And I think next time we will be talking very specifically about uh, security. Security, yeah. Yeah, it's a big security. one. So, yeah. Fun. All right. That was fun, Alan. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.